Action Park Media. Welcome back to Entertain Her. I am Sarah Sanderson. Erica Cedeno. Erin Coscarelli. Hey guys, I'm Zulai Hanau. We are very excited for our guest today, the Brianna Brown Keen, who we have been trying to get on this podcast for a little while. We did her workshop. She is an actress. She's a producer. She's a writer. She created Manifesting Your Mission. She also has the New Hollywood, which is a women's group that helps many different kinds of women in Los Angeles area and beyond. She's amazing. You have seen her on Dynasty, Devious Maids, General Hospital, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Entourage, the new Hollywood Manifesting Your Mission creator, Brianna Brown. Woo! Drum roll! We did a workshop with her a few weeks ago, and we're so stoked to have you on. Brianna, thank you for taking some time and joining us this morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We are so excited to have you here. And I think we even have our listeners excited. We've been talking about this for so long and referencing you so many times that they've written comments like, we can't wait until Brianna's on. So here (laughs) she is, everybody. And you are in for a treat. Welcome, Uh, Brianna. Brianna. Welcome to Entertain Her. Uh, We are so excited to have you here. We all have lots of questions and we loved the workshop that we got to do with you. But my first question is, okay, so obviously you're a very talented actress. You've been in LA for a very long time. Before you created Manifesting Your Mission, you started, it was the new Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. So what made you start that? And can you explain to our listeners what the new Hollywood is, and then uh, how that brought you to manifesting your mission? Yes. Okay. Great question. I will give broad strokes because obviously it's been a journey. So in 2006, I ended up found, I founded a, um, a goal group with a bunch of women and uh, I wanted to be around like-minded people who could inspire one another and help one another and up level because I saw that Hollywood was essentially like a heightened, awful version of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it was also very bizarre being 19 and from the Midwest and having a very different value system and saying, oh my God, the women are all cats and catty and awful. And the men all just want to, you know, take advantage. And obviously that that's not true, but that was my version in 19. And so I ended up creating a group of women to support each other with their personal and professional goals. And I ended up turning it into a nonprofit because I thought, well, it needs to be bigger than just self-interest and we need to give back. And so that evolved over the years. So we supported socially conscious storytellers and change makers through mentorship grants. And um, there's all sorts of things that we've done. We've done stage events and we've done mentorship events. And, you know, the emphasis now, because everyone that started in this, you know, goal group, um, this like mastermind accountability group, they're now crushing it to where I'm like, um, y'all don't get to have like grants to help you because you're all like, you know, homeowners <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> happen on a different level. But now we, um, and you know, over time we have then helped other people, whether it was in the industry that needed a leg up, uh, whether it was projects that had more socially conscious, um, content and even for entrepreneurs, I have a ton of entrepreneurs now. Um, and I had a section where there were men in it as well. And now it's mainly women again, but 
Um, right now, the main focus is this accountability program that helps formerly homeless moms who went through Harvest Home. And so Ooh. they're doing a monthly program with my guidebook. And then we have different like one-on-one -on -one mentors that we're doing and we different do different challenges because, you know, they have so much trauma and things that they've gone through. These women are incredible. Um, but they just finished their six month challenge where if they did, you know, X, Y, Z of their homework, you know, of using the guidebook and whatnot, they got uh, tickets to go to Disneyland with them and their kids and a hundred dollars to like splurge and pay for parking. Um, <laughs> so, like I was like, you won't do it for you necessarily, but you will do it for your kids. And so, and so part of why I love goal setting and group and group mentality when it's in the right direction, because I think that sometimes it's often not, is that we can elevate one another, we can inspire one another, and we can really create profound change when we're being our best highest self. Because for me, it's, it, it's helpful in a group versus on my own for accountability. And so I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. That's amazing that you do that for these women. Um, so they have, after the six months, do they have to kind of show like they've done the work and. Oh and yeah. They're, they're, they're accountable every month. And we have our, we have our little zoom meetings and cause you know, it started during COVID. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so, yeah, we, we have these different challenges. Now they're onto a self-love challenge and they're going to get to be with a healer and like, oh, it's going to be very fun. They have childcare, yeah. but, you know, so it's just fun challenges to help us elevate ourselves. And, um, and you know, it's like, we, we forget that we are all more similar than different. We forget that we all have exactly. so many challenges. And as Edith Edgar, this incredible psychologist who was a Holocaust survivor said, there is no hierarchy in trauma. Ooh. And coming from a, a Holocaust survivor, I'm like, all right, you have, and she's like 93. I'm like, you have, you have the ability to say that. So um, I think that as women, when we are, you know, in the red tent together, as you've ever read that book, if we're in the red tent together, if we are, if we're, if we really help one another and create a, a legit sisterhood, we can really create profound change with the young men and men in our lives and um, with, within ourselves. It is really profound to hear you say that because um, I think when you said trauma, there is no hierarchy it isn't a competition. We're all here on the planet to feel like belonging and a sense of autonomy and love and being seen by this like this beautiful, talented group of women. I have I have built more confidence in myself because they see in me what sometimes I struggle to see in myself. And um, I just wish women could do this for each other because it's so profoundly healing. And you and I, you did a Women Crush Wednesday and like women have hurt me in the past, you know, like I have felt bullied by women. And so this, this unity, and like, that's why we love this podcast because it's really, it's, it's really opening the door on, on not just necessarily always putting our, our, our best face forward, but just putting our more authentic face forward. Is that what you are trying to do with the, the women in your group? And, and really just overall in terms of manifesting your mission, like figuring out who is the person that you're looking at? Well, I think the more authentic we can be, the more vulnerable we can be, the more we can take risks on who we are, the more we can be the light, right? Marianne Williamson has this incredible quote that says, it is our, it is our light, that not our darkness that scares us. And it's when we unleash that, right? She doesn't need the word unleash, but when we, when we access that, we give other people permission to access that. 
If you haven't read her quote about that, it's often uh, quoted as uh, Nelson Mandela, but it's not. It's from A Return to Love. And it, it, it's all about that we we get to be that. And when we have a support system that says, girl, go, what happens? What's the worst thing that happens? You fall? Who cares? As a toddler, you fall all the time. Let's fall. Let's fall and learn and get up. I mean, Michael Jordan talks about how the reason he's so successful is because he's failed so many times. You know, if you read any of his quotes, it's like, I am successful because I failed. And he goes through all the numbers and it's like astonishing where most people would quit, you know, and, and they say that that's the difference between an expert and someone who's an amateur. An amateur fails, you know, once they fail, they're done. You know, an expert's failed God knows how many times, <laughs> you know. Brianna, I have, I have, um, I want to get your temperature on something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. In all honesty, I heard the concept on one of my favorite podcasts, We Can Do Hard Things. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like that podcast? Yeah. I, th- I thought you would. So Glennon talks about, and I'm, I want to make sure that I t- say this the correct way because she kind of brought this question up and I had been questioning that myself in the name of transparency and vulnerability. Yeah. I feel that sometimes we are having these concepts in mind. We are sometimes putting too much out there. Like when is too much? Like when is it okay to hold back on some of your vulnerable moments and say, this is sacred. This is um, something that I choose not to share because it is being managed with my inner circle and my, and, and my higher source. Like, what is your take on that? Is there such a thing as toxic vulnerability talk, like oversharing and just overly creating just the wide open space for all your flaws to be out there within a structure that isn't necessarily gonna serve you. Is that, tell me how you feel about that. You know, I'm actually, I'm actually a very private person, right? Like if you look at my social, you a don't know where I am ever (laughs) because I always post things not in real time. Right. You know, I don't show a lot, especially with my son, just because I've had crazy stalkers, Um, you know, and I'm very, cognizant of that because I'm very empathic. So I I'm very empathic and I'm incredibly intuitive. And so I feel it. I feel when people have all that, that harshness, which I think that's why like you, Erica, I'm Aaron, that, um, I was so bullied when I was younger and I, and I absorbed it and I took it so personally. And so I have to protect myself with that. Um, uh, Judith Orloff, who's this incredible psychiatrist um, who helps empaths, that's her whole thing is ha- helping highly sensitive people. It talks about you have to have protective, ener- energetic protective layers. And she has a lot of different methods of doing that. So um, you have to know to what degree you can, um, it, it works for you or not. And I can think you give some, can you give our uh, myself and our listeners one or two tools or just... Uh- there are different things like anchoring in, right? Like there, there's a lot of like breath and, um, you know, like energetics. Like I feel, sometimes I feel someone, someone's energy or that is not kind. And it's almost like you have a protective bubble. You envision a protective bubble going around your, your aura, right? Whatever you believe. And you can envision anchoring yourself in with energy coming from the, from the top of your head all the way down to the base of your spine, going down your legs, shooting into the center of the earth and grounding yourself. And when you have somebody coming at you with daggers, you know, when, someone who you're like, I, I need my evil eye on, um, that they, that you can envision that it's like, it's like a shield coming up and going off. It's that whole idea of like, you know, water off a duck's back. Right. And so it's like that, you don't get to, you don't get to, um, permeate me. 
I'm not going to take that on. We get corded to people. And if you have ever done energy work like Reiki or Qigong or Tai Chi, you, you, you know that there is more to than what we, what we often talk about. And so how do you contain your energy? How can you not get sucked in? Um, especially for women, you know, we are so, we're, especially with oxytocin and who we bond with sexually, we, we get corded to people. So we have to be careful, you know, who we are letting into our circle and who knows what. So I think it's a very specific thing. Some people need to be really vulnerable and out there because it's a different need, right? Like maybe it's a need to be seen or heard, acknowledged. Um, I think it's a really personal thing where you're like, if I put this out there and I get backlash, am I going to be okay? And if I'm right. not going to be okay, then share what is comfortable, right? You can still share aversion or maybe that's the thing that you don't need to share right now and you're still processing it, you know? So I think that's a really like, you got to get deep within yourself, take a few breaths, get anchored and be like, is this in my highest good to share it? And you'll either know yes or no. And if it's an, I, I don't love know, that. That means, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's powerful. I, I, I had a question. I think one of the things that Sarah and I, I, you know, one of my favorite things to try to navigate is my own procrastination. And when we have this, this guidebook, obviously we get very intentional about it. How do you advise people who struggle with it? Like Sarah and I. Yeah. So, uh, well, and first of all, of course you do. Of course, right? It, we have life come up, things happen, things change. We have different priorities at different times. We can't do everything all at once. And so you have to reprioritize things. So the whole point of this, and that's why it's called a guidebook, is because it's to help guide you. It's to help anchor you back into you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might be you know, so busy, you don't have time to do all the things. But what if doing 5% is better than doing nothing? What if it doesn't always have to be 110? And for you, because I, I, we've spoken before, you know, uh, you're a per- perfectionist, which is amazing and why you've been successful. But the downside, because every trait has a positive and a negative, the downside of that is if it's not 110, it's like, well, then I won't do it. And I think it's all about 1% growth, right? So if I'm continually being 1% better than I was the day before, if I'm continually learning, if I'm just keep on tweaking and more importantly, acknowledge those small tweaks acknowledge that small growth, which I think is the hardest thing to do when you're an, an overachiever where you want to be like, and then I went to the moon, you know, you want like the big, like I have an Emmy and, you know, an Oscar and I'm also can levitate. And that's just like, you know, anything that's not of that, you're like, well, was, I didn't really do much today. You know? <laughs> and I think we have to give ourselves credit for the reality of where we're growing. Right. I and love sometimes that. those things are having that difficult <clears throat> conversation with your mom or letting yourself grieve the loss of a miscarriage or letting yourself just, you know, go through the different ups and downs. That is this crazy, wild journey we call life. Brianna, I, I'm not a procrastinator and I literally got so much out of your book though. Still, like I like to do make, make lists, do my to do's, all that good stuff. But I still got so much out of this book. I was obsessed. Like, I love it. And you know why I love it? I'll tell you what I love the most. I think Sarah and Aaron, for you guys, what helped me significantly actually cross it off is because I put everything on my phone prior to this book. I had notes on my phone, my schedule on my phone. And now that it's all written down, it's more, it's like tangible, Yeah. right? Yeah. You see it. 
And then the hours, the way it's broken down, I even have mine broken down by like 30 minutes. So I'm like, I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes and then I can cross it off. So I crossed off my little things. Like, I don't know if you see like the red little red marker. Yeah. So I just like looking at every day and seeing the little red check marks and that helped me so much actually do it. It makes yeah, you feel excited. good, but I do, I want to take a quick pause. Cause we obviously all know what this book is. Um, I would try to myself describe it, but Brianna, I know you're going to do a much better job, but will you just explain to our listeners what manifesting your mission guidebook is and okay. where they can get one? Okay. Well, you can get one on my website, which is MYM for manifesting your mission dot Brianna And, uh, you know, what this guidebook is, it's a culmination of what I, learned over literally, you know, I've been doing this since 2006, facilitating and leading groups uh, with goal setting every year, you know, annually. And I found that I did, couldn't find something that really worked in the long term for different phases and for different types of personalities, right? Because if you're a, you know, procrastinator, or if you're a type A, you know, sometimes you go through being a parent or a loss and what you need shifts. So I wanted something that worked in different phases. And I've revised this book. I don't even know how many times at this point. And, you know, it is a process. So for someone who, you know, might flip through it and say, oh, it's a calendar. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Because (laughs) I'm like, it could be. But if you do it the way that I, that I've explained it and in the intentionality of, of looking at things and reviewing things. It is a sacred journey to really get clear on who you are, what you want, and give yourself credit for where you're going, right? So s- some of these goals may take five, 10 years, and some of them you might get done like this. And it really depends on you, what you're wanting, and the reality of what you're saying you're wanting to create. So um, it's a process and a really fabulous tool to anchor into getting clear on what you want versus what you think you should want. Like I know for myself, once I became a parent, what I wanted was different than the person that was all career, you know, that was like marriage, you know, I was married to my career, (laughs) you know, there were total blinders on. And then when I, when I felt the need to want to have a family and have a child and what does that look like to be a mom? And what do I want this to look like based on the reality of the business that I chose? And, and, and being okay to be like, oh no, it needs to look a little differently because that's what aligns with me now. And instead of, you know, a lot of people are in discord for a long time and they're like, why am I not happy? It's like, dude, you should have left your job a million years ago, or dude, you need to work on your marriage or whatever the thing is. Right. And this helps you because of the different exercises helps you just keep reevaluating, you know, you know, whether it's month after month, quarterly or seasonally, or at the end of each year. And I think it's a really great way to, to, to tune in to where, where am I getting a C rather than an A instead of waiting for life to give you an F and then you're flailing because you have a cancer diagnosis or you're suddenly, you know, in divorce court and you're like, I don't know what happens. Like, dude, where, where were you? You weren't paying attention to the red flags for the most part. You know, there's always mm-hmm. exceptions to the rule, but it's a way to like check in. So you don't, you're not get, you know, you're not, you're not ending your year being like, I can't believe I failed my dissertation. You're like, dude, you never even did your homework. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so in this book, basically she takes you, she walks you through exercises to find out what exactly do you want to accomplish in this year and then breaks that into quarters. So it's not all at once, which is then overwhelming and you don't know what to work on every day. 
So you break that into quarters, then you break it into months and weeks. And I love the little inspirational quotes you have on each day and each page. And I almost feel like you read those when you need to see them. It's kind of weird how it works that way. And then she has, um, there's like check-ins each week, like, Hey, you know, what did you accomplish and what did you not and why? And you, a lot of times my answer is laziness, like, but at least I'm having to be aware that I am maybe not succeeding in certain areas because I'm choosing to be lazy and I need to work on that. But it is highlighting then why, you know, you look back and think, why didn't I get that done? Oh, that's because I stood in my own way, you know, and then you need to work on that. Um, But it's really great. She has an end of the year check-in. It's just for me, because I do procrastinate, I do get, um, you know, my mind is scattered and overwhelmed. It just has really helped me focus. And then if I have those moments of what was I supposed to do right now, I can look like Erica said, it has it written down by time at your schedule and realize, oh, I need to be doing this or, oh, I didn't do that today. Let me move that over to this day. So it's just kind of, for me, been very helpful in organizing my life a little bit. So thank you for creating this book. And I was so excited to share it with all the girls. And the workshop that we did was awesome. She came to our house, to my house, and we all uh, went through the book together. It's really fun to do with friends. You can also do it on your own. Absolutely. And she does workshops where you could do it on Zoom with a group and she'll guide you through it. So I highly, highly suggest it. Does anyone else have stuff they want to add about this? Because I do want to get into your acting career a little bit. <laughs> I do want to add one thing. Um, I, I know, and I'm sure this is intentional, but for everybody out there that, you know, is wanting to know just a little bit more, um, obviously Sarah just did a great job explaining the technicalities of the book and how all that works. But what I really loved are the built-in subconscious uh, exercises, like the rapid fire answers, which really conjure up things in you that you didn't even know was there. So I really found that um, that dynamic of the book very powerful for me. Um, I am not, I think we've all, I've told you guys all this at different um, points. I am not a rigid note taker, list maker. Um, I'm understanding that I could probably use a little bit more of that in my life, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be Erica anytime soon. <laughs> I just, my mind doesn't operate that way, but the technical aspects combined with all the exercises that combine your subconscious traits or subconscious ideas of yourself and adding all these other technical, you know, dynamics is really genius. And I'm really, really excited. I'm going to be honest. I've decided that since we got the book, I, I mean, we did this, we started this a few months ago, um, but I'm just going to start in January, like fully doing my list taking because I feel like we go from now into next year. So I'm just going to start fresh. (laughs) Yeah. I want the whole year. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's good to, to restart at different points. Right. I do believe that kind of when it gets into the holiday time, like we're now November 1st, when we're yeah. doing this, you know, once it comes into the middle of November, it's like, and holidays, <laughs> you know? So like the reality of what you're going to get done is not as much, you know, unless you don't have a ton of obligations during the next month and a half, but most of us do. So that's why I, you know, especially within, you know, people when I'm coaching people or doing, you know, my 12 week program or, 
even in the new Hollywood, when we're doing the different programs, I'm always like, Hey, let's be real and backtrack because you really only have X amount of time of the, as the end of the year. And it's looking at it differently that it's like looking at it backwards to be like, okay, I, you know, when is my deadline? And then giving yourself some grace so that you can fudge a little and you'll still get it done. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really great process. I felt very, um, driven to write it. I was like, why do I feel so um, inspired to keep writing this? And, but I just had all these downloads come to me and, and from everything that I read and I source a lot of materials um, to help people look at different things that's going on in their lives personally and professionally, you know, aside from me, because I do believe we need to hear things in stereo. We need to hear things from different sources in different ways to like get it, um, you know, or get what it is that we don't necessarily want to see that's beyond our periphery. And there's a lot of that in there. And I'm big into using both your right and left brain because I'm both very strong right and left brain. I'm very analytical and I'm also incredibly intuitive, you know, and that's also where I get into manifesting is both a masculine and a feminine energy. It's, it's doing, and it's also allowing and receiving. And that's a beautiful dance. And I think for women, we, we, we think, oh, I need to achieve, achieve, achieve instead of I need to receive, receive, receive. We need both. Mm. We need both. I love that. We need to be able to let go and to, and to nurture. And especially for those of us who are moms and doing a lot, like we have to replenish if otherwise we're going to just, you know, we're going to sprint and collapse, you know, that is one thing that I was going to bring up that my, one of my favorite things about this book, because I, I feel like, you know, as a mother, I have almost two three different lives, you know, mother, a wife, and then business owner. Um, and I love the, the side every week you're, she has you write your intention, your weekly goals, uh, your focus mantra touchstone. And then I am. And for me, I realize how much that changes like every week it's different. And sometimes I'll focus it on my kids and sometimes it'll be all about my business. And it just depends on how I'm feeling in the moment, like what, what my, what my body is lacking or what my heart is feeling when I write those every week, which I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, and cause it's also forcing you to anchor into like, okay, what's the reality of my circumstances now? Exactly. And especially for anyone who's a multi-hyphenate, which I am, and you know, all of you are, you have, you're wearing a lot of hats and you mm-hmm. have to keep each ball rolling. You know, you can't just be like, and I'll just, I'll think about my kids in a few months. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. they'll be starving. <laughs> you know, you always <laughs> have to keep that ball rolling and same with your business. You can't be like, I just won't think about it for the next, whatever, you know, if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, unless you have something really down set and delegated out and certain things are on autopilot, you know, which is obviously the goal so that you can continue to build and expand other things. But, you know, there has to be an intentionality to that. Otherwise we go to our are ways that are maybe not as productive. You know, our, uh, Julia Cameron's from The Artist's Way. She talks about that our creative energy, which we're all creative beings, is either moving forward in creation or moving against us and it's detrimental. And so mm. we have to look at the ways in which we are slowly sabotaging or dimming or going into our lower selves, um, you know, suck, being sucked into a vibration. And that sounds very airy-fairy, but a vibration that doesn't feel as energized, like, right? Like, what are we watching? What are we listening to? Who are we mm. surrounded by? Mm. You know, what is it that we're absorbing day in and day out? Mm. You, you are where you, you are what you surround yourself with, period. Mm. So that doesn't mean, you know, ex nay on anything negative A, because that's not life, but it does mean how do I notice it and then make sure I maintain who I am. And, and that's why being present is so important. How do you re-energize yourself? Because you are giving 
to so many different sources and so many different people. What do you do to, to fill your cup? Well, I am both an extrovert and an introvert. So I need that alone time, you know, that whether that's that bath or being outside in nature, exercise outside really helps. Um, reading books, uh, when I'm just sitting there reading, uh, that really helps kind of re-inspire me. And, you know, taking some time to be spiritual is harder now because I have, I have a toddler and I, you know, we have busy lives or we're traveling or whatever the thing is, but it's, it's noticing when I'm, when it, the tank is at empty and before, it, before like I'm going to literally be stuck on the side of the road, you know, energetically that it's like, okay, I got to refill. And what can I do? And sometimes that's hanging out with my girlfriends who I can be completely, mm -hmm. the friends that I can be really real with. And that's this group for me, which is like every time I'm, I'm having a podcast sesh or a lunch or a dinner, we're going to celebrate Sarah's B-Day soon. I'm like, cannot it's like my birthday when I get to hang out <laughs> um well thank you for sharing all of your wisdom I mean your mind to me I'm I'm just always blown away like having a conversation with you that you just have all these quotes and you have read all these books and I'm just like she is so smart and has so much awareness so and inspiring it's so much to give yeah so yeah. it's really really inspiring but I do want to transition because you have had a very full and fun uh <laughs> acting career Thank you. But I did notice, and I know Wikipedia isn't always like up to par, but so was your first acting credit uh, Freaks and Geeks with Judd Apatow? Because yeah, I noticed you did do Knocked Up and then you did 40-Year-Old Virgin. So did that kind of like, does did he bring you back or was that a coincidence that you were worked with him? Because I'd worked on, I'd worked on the pilot and I did another episode in Freaks and Geeks, but I'm the first person you hear speaking in Freaks and Geeks. So that's fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, hands up in the pilot, you know, this 19 year old who's, you know, this bratty little like cheerleader is like, I don't know, saying something to like, some guy and then you go underneath and it's the freaks. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so, so but tell me a little bit about working with Judd Apatow, because I know like, you know, he obviously has the comedy world in the bag. And yeah, is that, I mean, that was so long ago. That was so long ago. But um, they were lovely. Everyone was lovely. I mean, it was decades ago. Yeah. But I mean, was there a lot of improv on the set? Was it strictly state of those lines? Um, For me, it was stay of the lines, you know, for the other cast that was, oh. it was, you know, more improv. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously, you know, people will know you from general hospital. You were on that for a few, a while, like almost 300 episodes, I think. Yeah. It was actually only a year and a half, but I had a very heavy storyline. So I was like a big villain. I was written up in, you know, all the soap magazines as like the best villain of the year. And I, they had their 50th anniversary publication people. And I was named one of the top villains in the 50 years of, uh, of, uh, general hospital, you know, so it was a very wow. fun, crazy, um, villain. I loved it. It was a, it was a really fun role. It was, it was hilarious. Just all the things that my character got to do. And it was hilarious seeing fans who just hated me, who <laughs> cool things to me. Like, I remember I was actually in New York at a fashion show. I'd never been to a fashion show in New York. And I was like, oh, this is so fancy, but you know, I'm so cool. I gotta be cool. I gotta be like, you know, like everybody else. <laughs> I'm just like, this is so cool. I've never been to a fashion show in New York. And I was there and everyone's, you know, hoity-toity. And this woman who's dressed to the nines comes up to me and she said, I, I hate you. <gasps> oh my God. Attitude. 
And I looked at her and I just smiled and I go, thank you. <laughs> you yeah, knew I mean, what she was referencing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unless she thought I was somebody else, but, um, and she looked at me and she looked at me and then she's like, I like you. <gasps> okay. okay. Wow. And I had so many things like that. And then when I actually left the show, because I remember at fan events, my line was almost always the shortest and it's, which is silly, like right ego thing, but you'd have, you go to these fan events and like all these other characters had huge lines, but people hated me because I was like the villain against these two beloved characters that actually had their own primetime spinoff, right? Like I was the person. And so once I left and I came back and suddenly I was doing like devious maids, and I was doing other jobs and they realized like, oh, she's not some crazy person who tries to like give people HIV by, in, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Crazy things, right? You're like, what? Um, you did your I, job. That's a testament I, to your yeah. acting chops. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, thank you. Um, but then I remember like going back and like I had this long line and people were just like, you're so great. Because they realized, I don't know, I'm not psycho. And I don't <laughs> Wow. That's, that's fun. And that does mean that you, you nailed it for them to hate you. I was like, good. Hate me. It's funny. Cause you seem, I mean, obviously playing a villain is very fun, but you seem so like bright and light and fun and positive that you're like, I was the best villain there was, you know, but I have, <laughs> I have another friend like that. He plays villains and he's like the nicest guy you've ever met. It's funny. Yeah. I love playing villains. I like, I've played heads of drug cartels. I've played, like, I'm just like, yes, give me, give me grit and let me be, let me be nasty. Let me kill you. But that, you know, <laughs> the, wow. let me kill you. I was an, I was an athlete. I have that like competitive thing. I can, you know, I can, I can go there, but that's not who I am. I'm also, you know, I remember in soccer, you know, getting really aggressive and then feeling when I was in this adult league in LA and, you know, I was playing against this person. I like knocked, you know, we were like knocking into each other. And then, you know, I felt these conflicting feelings because I was also doing yoga all the time. So I was like, <laughs> and then I was kind of like, Oh, namaste. Like it was, I felt very conflicted. Like, I'm like, I feel like I should be like, Oh, love one another, but like, get out of my way. You know? Oh, you are the best. Fun. I, I know. I, and so we do have some actor listeners. If you had any advice to any uh, young actors or anyone in the business, what would it be? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a piece of advice. Um, no, it's no, but it, you, I think there's so much advice. There's so much advice. It really just depends on like why you're doing it. What is your why? And that's true for anything. What is your why? Because you, you have to be willing to create your own version of that uh, instead of waiting for someone else to give you it because they're just different periods of one's career where there are or are not opportunities. And you need to know how to run with momentum when you do have them and don't screw it up. You know, this is a relationship that is all about relationships. It is all about, you know, how do you show up? How are you being, you know, and your reputation, you know, and more than your resume. I mean, your resume is really important, but it's really like, who are you right now <laughs> versus like, what is it? What have you accumulated over the years? And so the way to combat that, that just fickleness is taking the ball in your own court and saying, I'm now going to be my own creator. I have to take, I have to wear multiple hats, which is again, part of why I created that. You know, I've, I've produced my own projects. I've, whether it was stage or, um, you know, web series or, you know, shorts or a film, or I I've created things out of nothing out of necessity, but also out of the fact that I, I had more creativity to give than pizza girl or 
whatever the thing was. <laughs> like, like, fair, like, fair. Like, this is not using my chops. And and one thinks that once I get on that series regular, oh, I'm a, you know, this, this like golden ticket, I have this thing and I'm going to be so happy when I'm going to be so happy when I'm going to be so happy when, and then you get it and you're like, I'm not happy when, because now I have to um, relocate and I have to, you know, travel to go see my family, or it's actually costing me more money because I have to live in two locations or PR is the same amount as a mortgage payment per month. And I have (laughs) to, or you look at, you have to look at all of this and be so strategic and business-minded as well as being artistic to say, okay, how do I have longevity? Because maybe I have the blessing of 13 episodes, but no one's saying it's going to go for nine seasons. Right. You have someone on your show, Get, you know, be a me tour and suddenly the show's gone, you know, like you, so, so how do you be strategic? How do you then take the ball in your own court? And, you know, one of the things that really drew me to my husband, who is a, a, a creator and was an actor and um, is a director is that we are both self-starters. We're both like, if something's not opening up, what can I create? What can I create? What can I create? And we have the tenacity that even when I fall down, even when things fall apart, even when it's really, really hard, I'm going to push through to, to make it work. Now that doesn't mean say yes to everything because you need to have discernment, but with the things that you're like, this, I got to finish, like just how to finish it. And again, that's part of why I created this because at a necessity for myself. And then also knowing that we all have this creative genius in us. And when we use it, we make the world a brighter place. And when we don't, that's when hurt people hurt people. That's when you know, we, we, you know, don't, we're not happy for someone else. We're jealous instead of using jealousy as an indication of what it is that our soul really wants. And it's an opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? Every conflict is an opportunity. If I choose to view it that way, if I choose to view it that way, and it's a different lens. So that's again, what this process and what I'm doing um, with when I coach or whatnot is like, how do we look at it in a different way? So it's productive to get you to what you say it is that you ultimately want. I love that. Everything I mean, is an opportunity. Yeah. And I also feel like you have a decision. I can either choose to be happy or choose to look at the negative in every aspect of my life because you'll always find it if you're looking mm. for it. Um, but I, speaking of Richie, your husband, because uh, I many, many, many moons ago uh, had luckily had him as an acting coach and teacher and he's fantastic. So I do have a question. Yeah. Does he help you with your self-tapes? Oh my God. This is the funniest thing. No. What? I knew it. I knew it. I know. I, we have different ways of working. Right. And so, I mean, I, we met and I'm like, I already was doing my thing. I got the way I do it. I did it. He is so funny because he will, I mean, sometimes he'll help me, but he's like, okay, I won't look at you. I'll be monotone. I won't ever. And I'm like, he's like, would you like a note? I'm like, no, I don't want to (laughs) know. I'm ready for a note. And then I'm like, all right, what do you think? You know, but but it's like, it's, and and also when we do it, it's like fast, like, okay, we got to get this going. There's a kid. We got to go to sleep. We got to, you know, whatever the thing is. So, so while he'll help me run my lines, occasionally people would think, oh, you like really helped dive into the artistry together. And I'm like, I I get, he would give me notes and I'm like, wrong. No. Oh my God. Yeah. No, Zula and I struggle with that with, with uh, our partners. Erica is an amazing reader for Matt who keeps booking movies after movies. I mean, I hope he takes you out to some celebratory dinners when he books these things, Erica. <laughs> right? It's the drill sergeant in me. I make him like have his lines down and all decided studying for hours. And then I'm like, let me know when you're ready. I'm not coming in until you're ready. She's like, ready. are you off book? 
Good. <laughs> and he and he and he respects you enough to be like, okay. Oh, he's scared of me. He's literally scared. He's like, I am good. I promise you. So like, don't Guess waste what? my time. It's working, guys. <laughs> Whatever you guys are doing is working. Yeah. Um, does anyone have anything else for Brianna before we let her go? Brianna, thank you so much. I love your energy and everything you said just rang so true to my soul. And I can't wait to really dive in in, in January. While I'm done with my process here, I'm going to start and I'm going to dive in a thousand percent. And I can't wait to see the results that I get. Oh, great. Wonderful. You, you are such a gift because every time I spend time with you, whether it's in person or even the private coach, I coaching I had with you, I just, I, 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 you give this gift of self-love for self. And I always feel so good about myself. And, and I appreciate that because you're right. That, that is the type of people you want to surround yourself with. People that inspire, motivate, believe in you. And um, you're just a gift. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, ladies, this was so great. Thank you. so. Oh, was it? Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Say, say whatever you want to say. No, Tell I, us how great we are. Keep going. Yeah, how much do you love us? <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> I had the best time working with you and doing the workshop. And please let me know how I can be of support of your badassery. And um, I just think you guys are, what you're doing is really awesome and it's impactful. Oh, well, thank you so much thank for so much being on the podcast. Um, one more time, can you let our audience know where they can find you and yeah. um, hopefully get your book and do your workshop? Yeah. So um, you can find, find out everything about manifesting your mission at MYM, which is manifestingyourmission.briannabrownkeen.com. Or you can look at my website, which is briannabrownkeen.com. Um, and my Instagram is at briannabrownkeen. So Brianna Brown Keen, you heard it here. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Brianna. And um, we will get to manifesting our missions and keep you posted. We'll have to have you back. I I think we should have you back. Like, when would you suggest do check-ins to sort of make sure we're all manifesting our mission and staying on track? You know, I think quarterly is an awesome way to go about it because we, you know, what you need in the beginning of the year versus the middle of the year may completely change based mm-hmm. on circumstances. So I, it's okay. like, how do you then revamp it? How do you, I call it pivot and polish so that you're like being real about what it is that you're doing, you know, in that moment, you know? So I'm, I'm, I have everything set up, you know, at least quarterly you know, okay. with, with all of the things that I do. So we will be checking back in with you in a few months. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. She was so amazing. I mean, I could talk to her for hours. So that was really awesome that we had her on the podcast. And let's get into Decanted. It's time for Decanted. Do we have a question today, Kira? We do. With only seven weeks left in the year. Do you guys have any tips or tricks, goals on how to finish this year strong? I mean, on, honestly, as you guys have, have listened, it, this has been like a year of just emotional journey of healing, of um, going through really tough times and then sort of now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. And so that's been super reassuring. Like when I look at my life, 
and it's great. We've had Brianna on. And one of the things I've always struggled with is like being an overachiever, achieve to get, you know, affection, love, all of the things. This year was a weird year for me because it was a little slower than normal during one of the most uncomfortable, you know, challenging years of my life with losing my dad and his anniversary is coming up on the 19th. And um, I think what I took away from Brianna was just being authentic to who you are. And so I'm not going to say and sit here like I accomplished A, B, C, and D, but I got to know myself better this year. And I found people that filled my cup and those that didn't, you know, and I think at the end of the day, like that's an accomplishment enough for me to say and look at the mirror and go, okay, I'm, I, when I fall, I don't shame myself as bad. I'm more compact. I'm the best friend that I wish I, I was for me that I am to other people sometimes. And so I think for people listening, yes, seven more weeks, that is that, that hurts my heart a little bit. It's like, it kind of pains me because I feel like time is flying. Um, but if I look at my life and go, oh, I accomplished all of this and I feel so great about myself. Instead, I'd rather feel so great about the person that I became this year. Oh, Coscarelli, that's so beautiful. You've been so vulnerable and transparent this year. And I just, I know that all this work that you're doing is changing you at your core. Even though I've only known you for a short time, I see, but I see the journey and I'm so proud of you. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. Well, I'm grateful to this group. This group is, uh, has been healing for me and, you know, all of the things it's, it's like, I love that we can accomplish goals together, but then I also love that we're really supportive of, of all of us. And we've all gone through transformation this year, you know, Sarah, Erica, Zula, all of you guys have gone through your own respective challenges and dynamics. And it's, it's been so fun to witness as like someone on the sideline with you guys. So I'm just grateful. I've been a part of this journey with you guys this year. Like entertain her has been so awesome to be a part of. And I think, uh, you know, if it helps people at home, like that's my mission. Yeah. My, my goal is to deliver a healthy baby. Uh, mm. which is going to be soon. And uh, that's what I'm trying to work on. It's <laughs> trying to keep the stress low, eat right, um, try to rest and just get ready for this new life that I'll be bringing into the world. So I'm trying to just forget about all other goals. I'm sorry, Brianna. I will start with Zulai in January mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will uh, revamp all of those, but I think I have to just focus on this little girl and keeping her healthy right now. Love that. Well, mine, mine is, uh, you know, I love you know, like you guys love Halloween, Sarah and E-Dog. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to me is a beautiful time for just um, kind of self-reflecting and obviously being grateful for all of your opportunities that you've had throughout the year. So these last seven weeks for me, I think is just kind of doing that, um, being very in tune with my family. Uh, my, it's funny because my intention for this week, um, on Brianna's book was present, just being present because that's what I feel like I lack is a lot of times I'm like with the kids and I think it's quality time, but then I'm actually on my phone and my 
you know, Aviana has to say, mommy, stop looking at your phone. Look at me. And when I hear that, it makes me sad. So I'm like, you know what, these last seven weeks, I'm going to just be more present, present for my kids, present for my husband and just for myself. It's so funny. I just wrote mine down and I broke mine down into three. So tangible thing that I want to tie up this year is I want to get the modern news infrastructure signed, sealed and delivered so that we can start quarter one of 2023 with, you know, just plans and things in place that we can, um, so this thing can grow. So I'm excited about that and um, waiting for some costs to kind of get that all together. But spiritually and emotionally, that's where I I agree with you, um, Erica. I, Thanksgiving for me is one of my favorite holidays. I think it's probably my favorite and Kevin's. And so my... I want to be very intentional with being present with my family, creating memories. I love cooking for Thanksgiving. I love cooking period during this time of the year, just getting really in a good, good flow with just family and, and then also working on my mind movie for 2023 as me and what I want to accomplish with my acting career and my family and just start like visualizing what that looks like for next year, but no pressure. Like the rest of the seven, these seven weeks are hopefully tying things up with modern news and spending time with family and making amazing memories um, with my daughter and Kevin and my extended family. Yeah. So yeah. End of the year is coming up soon and then it's 2023. This has been an episode of Entertain Her. I am Sarah Sanderson. Erica Cedeno. Heron Coscarelli. Bye, guys. I'm Sulai Hanau. This has been an episode of Entertain Her. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.